So if Lazarus would have written a song, that's what it would have been. Just coming out of that grave. I've always wondered what Lazarus thought when he heard his name. I suspect his first thought was, really? Do, can I just stay where I'm at? But, you know, God has a way of, of glorifying himself through our own actions. And sometimes it's actions that we might not normally choose. Like, living in America in 2021 is a crazy time. But we finally made it. I know you didn't think we would, but we finally got to December. And I know what they say. I know what they say. It's, it is the last, but it's not the least. And when it comes to the month of December, it is absolutely not the least. In fact, the opposite of least is what? The most. And I think that's how we could describe December. It's the most chaotic. It's the most crazy. It's the most busy time of the year. I know they sing about it's the most wonderful time, but we've looked at the calendar. You know what's going to happen over the next several days, the next several weeks, and, and you know that this month is just going to be packed. So I just want to stop for a second, and I want to ask you, I want to poll the audience, what needs to get done? What has to get done? What's on your checklist? What's on your honey-do list of this has to get done in December? Help me out here. What do you have to do this month? Shopping. You, you, have to, you get to go shopping. You get to go shopping at Walmart or Target, if, if you know you like those real fancy places. You get to go to the mall. Hopefully not the mall in Hobbs. Maybe you can find another one that has a few more things to choose from. But you could go shopping. What else are you going to do over the next several weeks? Decorate. Okay, how many? I'll, this be honest. We're in church. How many of you have started decorating? Oh, not bad. If you don't have your hand up, shame on you. And if you had your decorating, your Christmas, Christmas decorations put up before Halloween, shame on you too. There, yeah, I mean, there's got to be this area which is appropriate before Halloween, not, not appropriate. But by Thanksgiving, after the turkey has been carved and cut and eaten, then it's time for decoration. What else are you going to do over the next several weeks? Gift wrapping. Okay. Christmas dinner. I love gift wrapping because I love that you can just stick it in a bag and stuff some tissue paper in it, and that counts. There was a time that that was not acceptable. Nowadays, the bag is the way to go. What else? Hallmark movies. Jennifer, did you hear that? Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, is there a Hallmark channel? I don't know what, what it is, but, but it is always on in our house. It's the exact same actors and actresses, and in the first five minutes, you know exactly what's going to happen. You, I mean, you can point out, like, here, this is the good guy, and this is the bad guy. It's, it just always happens that way. There was one on last night. I won't go into detail, but it, you, you, if I described it, you'd be like, oh, I've seen that, and it could be ten different movies that you were thinking about. I mean, I'm not complaining, but, you know, I'm more like the Grinch Stole Christmas is my kind of... You know, maybe not Hallmark so much. Anything else? What else do you have to do? I tell you what, there's, this could take a really long time. So I want you to think of what you're going to do, one thing that you're going to do over the next 
three weeks, and on the count of three, I want you to say it. Okay, so we can just all get it over with. Here, here we go. One, two, three. Yeah, that's exactly what I have to do too. It is going to be so crazy and busy. There's shopping, there's wrapping, there's, there's, I want to say partying, but what I really mean is just going to parties, whether that means parties at school or, or getting together with your family. There's the cooking, there's the traveling, and then, of course, there is the decorating. Now, I, I want to show you a little bit. This will give you a glimpse of, of, of who I am and what I think about Christmas. But I, we didn't decorate a whole lot, but we had one decoration that I absolutely love. Now, we did have the Christmas tree, but the one thing that I love, I brought here so you could see, is my best friend, Santa. This is... I know, I know, it's the crumb ghetto Christmas is what this is. I, this has been around, he's probably older than I am. A few years ago I had to rewire him, but he still works. I love this little, like if we do nothing else, in fact I would love if we did nothing else. I would love, if this would be, we could even put the presents around him. Jennifer can't stand this little Santa. Like, this is the ugliest little Santa ever. But I'm like, I like, if I have to get everything else down from the attic so we can totally decorate the whole house, Santa's coming down too. And there's been times. Now, here's something you need to know. We got a new dog last year. He was just a little puppy, so he didn't really, he's not a real smart dog. I mean, he really really is not. We always joke around that he's got two brain cells and they sometimes bump together and he has a thought, but most of the time he doesn't. This year he's now old enough that he sees this and it totally freaks him out. Like, it, I mean, we have tried everything. I think I may have mentioned that, that Gracie would drag him up to Santa and set him down and read him a book and try to calm him down. Why am I holding him like that? That's kind of weird. But like, it's just like, and, but no matter what happened, like, Samson is so afraid of Santa. We would throw his toys, and it would get near Santa, and he would just look at him and start growling and barking. Won't, won't come near Santa. But this is like, this is the perfect decoration. We could do nothing more, and I would be fine with this. But there are other people who like to go all out, and I'm just thankful that most of those people don't live next door to me. Because I used to live next door to somebody who did that, and they would shame me with the amount of lots. But there's another decoration that you've probably seen throughout town. You've seen all through your life. It looks something a little bit like this. What is this? This is the, the nativity scene. Oh, there we go. Okay, uh, this is a little uh, ceramic one uh, that you can put out on, on your table. Maybe it's something that you look at. And we're going to talk about this in great length over the next several weeks. So this may not be the one that you're thinking of, but this is just an example. Of course, who do we have in the, the nativity scene? Who's all involved? We have the star. No, literally the star. The star is right up there. You see, you got the star right there. But then we have the other star is who? Baby Jesus. And then who else do we have? We have Mary, and we have Joseph, okay, not husband and wife yet, okay, but we have uh, Mary, probably a young Mary, a teenage Mary. We also have who else? We have uh, the shepherds that have come in, okay, we also have, you cannot have a nativity scene without the obligatory um, farm animals, 
Uh, and here we have a, a cow, we have a little sheep. That, I just noticed, is like a super, really small camel. Hmm. And that's also a small camel. I, maybe they were smaller back then. Oh, and there's, there's got to be a donkey around here too. And then we also have, who, who's this right here? The wise men. Okay, now we'll look at it in a little bit, but they're kind of out of place. They're really, really out of place. Because they don't, they're not going to lay eyes on the manger. In fact, when we look in a little bit at the gospel accounts, the wise men and the manger, the stable, never together. But, for the sake of the nativity scene, we have it. Here's another example. This is one that uh, uh, you get carved out of wood. Uh, then there's this one even simple. It's interesting, though, that they choose all, all white, you know, as if the, you know, it was so pure and pristine. Of course, they still have the star up there. Uh, this is one that somebody decided to make. This is like the hipster, the millennial version of it where they have the wise men on their Segway and they're carrying their gifts in Amazon Prime. It's, uh, the, the cow is, is, is 100% organic and he's eating, you can't see it here, but it says gluten-free on there. I, I mean, that is, there's, there's your hipster version of that, the millennial. I won't say anything else, but, but there you have it right there. Uh, you have this one right here. This specific one uh, was in France. Uh, for for it was back in 2004. It was taken down uh, because the government said they're not allowed to have nativity scenes uh, in public places. This was uh, in a public venue it, uh, in a government place, and they said, "Nah, we're not going to allow that to happen." Um, uh, here's one you, you see it depicted in art. Uh, somewhat, almost always, you see this the bright shining light that's coming down on baby Jesus and everybody looks very clean and uh, pristine here's another one this is the only one I found you notice what's different about this Mary is not holding baby Jesus and I kind of think that you know after having given birth you know in a stable without any type of medications no epidurals might have been really wore out and maybe Joseph was doing his can you say fatherly duty his step fatherly duty by holding this child that came from the Holy Spirit um, here's another example of it of course you have the wise men coming up there they're a little early picture uh, here's another uh, rendition of it. You have the angel up on high and you have little baby Jesus. And I want to show this one because this shows that, that this whole idea of the nativity scene goes really far back. I just like this one. Every family needs a stable foundation. What, what is the holidays without a really good pun? A stable foundation. Okay, Conlon didn't like that one at all. Uh, here's, we also have the more real life versions of them. You can see these. Has anybody ever seen a live nativity scene? They're, they're everywhere. There's kids we have uh, playing in them. Uh, here's probably what I think it would have been uh, a little darker. More likely, it, it wasn't a stable in, in wood that we think of. It probably was a, a cave carved out. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But no matter what, we have this idea of the nativity scene played throughout during Christmas time. Now, 
what do I have to say about the nativity scene, and does it really matter? In, in a word, not really. I guess that's two words, not really. But I do think there's something to be said about having something that places Jesus into your really, really busy schedule. And so that's all the pictures that I want to show right now, but I want to continue talking about the idea of the nativity scene. And where did we get it? Where did it come from? Is this something that just popped up in the last few years, maybe in the last 50 years or so? Actually, you have to go back all the way to the 13th century. Now, I want you to hear these words. You'll probably recognize them. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O oh, divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Does anybody recognize those words? Anybody know who penned those? St. Francis of Assisi. Back in the 13th century, he was a Catholic friar. He wrote those words. He was brilliant with his wording. But he lived in a time where many of his parishioners couldn't even read. And so trying to help get the gospel out to people who couldn't understand the words, he decided, what if we tried to recreate this scene of the birth of Jesus? Well, you'd say, well, why didn't he just draw some pictures? Well, it wasn't in a time where they could draw something and easily reproduce it. And so he decided, let's carve out these, these figurines and have what we now call the nativity scene. Because he said, I just want people to know why December is so important. Why Christmas is such a big deal. It's to remember the birth of Jesus. Now, I know what you're thinking. Christmas is about, it's about Black Friday, and it's about good deals, and it's about eating a lot of food, and it's about watching your favorite football team get beat by the Cowboys. That's, that is what it's, that's what December is about. But what if we rethought the next few weeks? What if we decided that December shouldn't be about all the things that makes us crazy and all the things that make our month so hectic. What if we decided that December wouldn't be the least, but it wouldn't be filled with the most of the things that take us from Jesus? That is what Christmas is really all about. So for the next few minutes, I just want to read the real story the real account of the birth of Jesus. And this is found in Luke chapter 2. Remember, Mark doesn't at all touch the, the first years of Jesus' life, nor does John. Matthew does a little bit, but he's actually going to just basically skip over the birth of Jesus until we get to the wise men, which is going to happen months and months later. 
But Luke is going to give us an orderly account of what happens. And so we're going to just spend the next few minutes listening to, again, about the real nativity scene. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that, was, that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Remember, if you knew nothing else about, if you just started this, and you have a guy, he's headed there, he's got his, his fiance with him, and what's the problem? She's, she's pregnant. And if you sit down with them and say, well, you know, was this a really good idea? She would have said, oh, don't worry about it. God got me pregnant. He didn't have anything to do with it. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This already tells you this wasn't normal. How do they know that they've come to the right place? They find a baby wrapped up in a manger. Now, a manger is not a word that we use today. We don't talk about the manger. In fact, you'd have to go way, way back. But what is a manger? It's a feed trough for animals, for, for cows. Any of you grow up on a farm? How many of you visited a farm before? Maybe it's a grandparent. Did you ever take part in the feeding of animals? Do you remember what that was like? Do you remember thinking how clean and hygienic it was in the area in which they ate? I mean, just... This is how you're going to know you've come to the right... This is how you know that the king is here. Go look for the trough that you normally would feed animals from, and that's where the king's going to be. The Messiah that's how he's coming. That's how you'll know it's him. Suddenly, a I love this. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told, what had 
excuse me, what had been told them about this child. And all who heard this was amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now I know we, we think often about the wise men and, and the, the cow and the little baby and the, the light shining down. And there's a lot of songs that kind of clean up the whole scene. A lot of cute figurines. But Jesus, Son of God, loved this world so much that Philippians says that He gave up everything and He became nothing. I just imagine that scenario if there had been a conversation between God and Jesus and they say, how are we going to plan this out? How is this going to happen? There would be no palace. There would be no entourage. There would be no uh, golden cradle that this child would be laid in. In a dark cave. In a small town. In a place where no one had room for the Savior of the earth. It's where Jesus came. And praise God that He came. I know that you have a lot of things that you have planned for the next coming weeks. I know your calendar is full. But I want to ask you today to commit to spending time every day to thinking about the greatest gift that was ever given. The birth of Jesus. He's my Savior. He's our King. And He is the one who has redeemed this world. And so this morning, this week, this month, and I pray for the rest of your life, you will praise God and tell others about Him. I hope you're excited about what December has to offer and the opportunity that you have to glorify Him. I'm going to ask you to join me this morning as we stand and sing about a God who saves.